0: Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvia Bird on Chicago Fire and you are listening to Mina You standing next to me, are family? And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
1: Hey, shy hearts, welcome to episode 170 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we are covering the episodes you saw this week. So 607, 907, and 807. Um, yeah, I, you guys, it's a miracle that we're able to record this episode this week.
0: It really is, though. It really is. Um, I
1: believe the hashtag going around right now in my neck of the woods is Dalaska. Get it? Dalaska. Yeah. Um, wow. Coming to you live from the frozen tundra that once was the wonderful state of Texas. Um,
0: it's been a week. <laughs> it, I, I know from what you've told me, but yeah, I can't even imagine. And
1: um, I, I know you guys have seen it on social media and on the news and everything, but yeah, Texas got snow and Texas got really fucking cold, really fucking cold. You know, I grew up in New York for the first 10 years of my life and I never experienced a negative temperature until about three days ago that's crazy yeah yeah you know what I learned this week is that after a certain point like there's it probably gets to like after 20 degrees it's just cold it all just kind of feels the same yeah yeah so it's been a week um I have been very lucky on my end we have not lost power heat internet any of that I've been very very extremely lucky every single one of my friends however has not um Yeah, there's burst pipes. There's, you know, people who don't have water. I have a friend who had to melt snow the other day to fill the tank in their toilet. It's been a week.
0: It's bananas.
1: So the saving grace has been, I we got a One Chicago Wednesday. I had power to watch that One Chicago Wednesday. And- I have power to record this with you right now and you
0: have power as well. I know, I was so worried that I wasn't gonna have power cause we were supposed to have like a major ice storm today. We still had ice. I mean, we still, it's still, I, a lot of things iced over here but it was not nearly as bad as it was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I was really worried. Cause I was like, I have a lot to say about these episodes and if I don't get to record, I'm gonna, mm.
1: Yeah. And just to give you an idea of, you know how cold it still is, um, I'm wearing my coat as we record inside that's happening yeah like
0: your big like
1: puffer coat Mm -hmm. that I usually wear to Chicago when it's you know 20 degrees out yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so this is normal this is fine you know everything's cool Uh, (laughs) so we usually start with the news we have a little bit today we really don't have a ton because the shows are on hiatus now which like more about that later um not a long hiatus don't freak out but uh there was an in- Instagram post from Nicole Forrester earlier this week from set. And if you don't know who Nicole Forrester is, she plays Casey's sister,
0: Nancy. Not Nancy. Isn't it Nancy? I thought it was Nancy. It's Chris- Christy. Why did I think Nancy? Because that's his mom's name.
1: Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, man. I've been snowed inside and I haven't left this apartment in a week. Don't judge me. I really haven't. It's okay. uh, <laughs> cabin fever yeah so casey's sister christy christy um she'll be coming back at some point this season we don't know what episode we don't know episode when. nine
0: episode nine bryna knows when because that's what they're filming it's not that hard to figure out because that's what they've been filming is episode nine so i'm assuming episode nine i think brian bryna might have all the brain cells for both of us tonight uh i'm also just really excited about this I'm i know really we, we
1: haven't seen casey's sister in a long time since season three That's crazy. That was, like, 10 years ago. I know. Feels that way, at least. It was a long time ago. It was a really long time ago. Yeah. So, we got that scoop. Yeah, that will be fun. I wonder if we'll see Violet. Violet should be in college now or something.
0: Yeah, she's probably, like, 18 now. That's crazy. I know. God.
1: Um, The other bit we have, you know, going back to what we were saying before about hiatus, is that, you know, we're off for three weeks now. The shows are off for three weeks. They will be back. Well, I
0: guess two two weeks. Math. You don't count this past Wednesday. Whatever,
1: man. I don't do math. Um, March 10th is when the shows won't be back. So yeah.
0: two weeks, three weeks, weeks, whatever March 10th. it is. Well, yeah. March 10th. I guess there's two Wednesdays where we don't have it. Three weeks, two Wednesdays where we don't have it. What she said. Yeah. There we yeah. 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 So I just pulled up the calendar app and
1: I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah. That's what I was doing.
0: I was like, okay. How count from how, yeah. (laughs) So,
1: so yeah, that's all the news we have. Um, I mean, I guess the PD ratings being kind of low that can count as news.
0: Yeah. Also, I guess if we want to throw it in there because it's Derek related, there's potentially a third FBI happening and Derek's going to be the showrunner.
1: Okay. So this is like late breaking. I was in the middle of a zoom meeting when you sent this over, so I didn't get to read most of it, but okay, talk. What is it?
0: I mean, I don't, it's called FBI international and it's going to be a third, you know, a third one. And Derek's supposedly going to be the showrunner. Awesome. But it's not like confirmed. I don't think it's been like picked up or anything yet. I think it's in talks. It's in the works. That's pretty cool. But yeah, FBI international. It's going to be like Whiskey Cavalier, except like serious. Yeah. And step probably not canceled. God, I miss Whiskey Cavalier. I do too. The show is so good. I know.
1: Such an unexpected unexpected gem. Oh my God. Such an unexpected gem. Yeah. Um, That's interesting that Derek's going to show run it. I wonder if he's going to pull a Rick Eyed and show run both or if he is going to step down from
0: fire. I can't imagine Derek. I don't know. I, I feel don't like want him to step fire, fire is Derek's baby. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be weird for it to be anyone, you know? Yeah, anyone else show running it. I'm not saying that Derek's going to do it forever, but yes, he know. is,
1: because the show's going to go on forever,
0: <laughs> forever uh, and ever,
1: and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be doing this podcast in our seventies. Oh lord. <laughs> well, my seventies, <70s>, your sixties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's about all we've got for the news, but you guys know the drill as always. If you see anything, just send it over to us. Um, you know, you guys are good about that and we appreciate it. So um, no patron shout outs this week. All good though. Um, next week with the hiatus, we've got something planned for our patrons. So if you would like to know what that is, you know, feel free to check it out. You can support the podcast for as little as two dollars a month. Some cool stuff in there. The Facebook group, the discounted merch, bonus episodes all sorts of cool stuff so without further ado shall we move into the episodes let's do it okay so we're gonna start with chicago mad this was a good episode there's a lot of yelling i feel like i want to do it's like an equal mix of well yeah no there is a lot of yelling but this wasn't like rage yelling like i wanted to do with noah this is like just yelling
0: no i there's some rage. there's some i mean i guess not rage yelling but yelling and crying. I did so much crying in this episode. I didn't really cry, but also, again... Oh, I legitimately, at the end, I literally sobbed for, like, five minutes. I couldn't control myself.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think for me this week, just being as crazy as it was, there might be a, like, a little bit of, like, emotional exhaustion in there because I was just watching this just like, okay, and, uh-huh, cool. Like, you know, and then the yelling and, and the pertinent parts, so... I don't know okay we're just gonna start off with Will sweet precious baby Will Can no you- no <laughs> oh we're off to a great start y'all no okay okay so so he's his long hair is back first off it's nice I don't hate it but I'm gonna yell you just gotta let me get there okay okay Bryna's like waiting to pounce she's just like ready <laughs> to be like Gina shut up but okay okay So Will is just like charging ahead on the study. Cool. Like whether, well, no, it's not even weatherman Will. Will's back in his like regular doctor gear, but the long hair is back. It's good. But uh, his patient Vera, she comes back in and she's sick. So he loops in Dr. Varani, and he's like, this is the deal. She's sick. We don't know if the drug is causing it. This what's going on. And so she's just like, okay, well, we have to unblind her. And Will's just like, "Mm, don't really want to do that. So Ethan, more about him later. um, Ethan is like, yeah, well, I'll do a workup. Will almost loses this argument. If if Dr. Verani's not there, Will loses this argument and Ethan does the workup.
0: Yeah, Ethan just takes over. I I really thought that was going to become like a much bigger tension throughout Mm -hmm. the episode. But it's really just that one scene. But in that one scene, I was like, ooh, I don't don't know. This is going to be bad. Yeah, but also Will caught Ethan
1: on a bad day. A really bad day. A really bad day. More about that later, but uh, yeah. So the patient, she's confused. Like nothing's changing. Doctor Ronnie wants to unblind her, but Will is like, "Shit!" Because I mean, the cost there is really the cost is high, right? If you unblind her, she gets kicked out of the study. If you don't unblind her and you tell the main company who's running the trial, the trial stops. So you either hurt her by having her out of the study or you hurt everybody else Mm -hmm. it's almost like the trolley problem from the good place you don't know what that is do you
0: i didn't finish the good place so no you don't know the trolley problem i didn't finish it
1: i'm i wouldn't even do it justice if i explained it no pun intended i only watched like one
0: season
1: i watched like the first two but it's it's the it's the problem it's like a philosophical question about a trolley and then it's like do you divert it so that it only kills one person or if it kills more uh, people? I but like you. what if that one person is like a super like really amazing human versus you know it's
0: i got you yeah I don't know.
1: but okay so so what does will do right we're, we're like season six now we're like yeah will's was a big grown-up he's grown up he's gonna make the right decision he takes her blood to an outside lab to determine whether she has the drug or a placebo He unblinds her himself
0: behind Verani's back. You're behind Verani's back. Verani's back.
1: Yep. Yep. And this is one of those moments where it's kind of bad that April's like his sidekick. Cause she's like the, it's like angel and devil on his shoulder, right? Only April's like, April gets it. April gets why Will does this shit. And so she's just like, you shouldn't do that. And Will's like, yeah, but, and April's like, okay,
0: you're right see i don't see it as much as that i see i mean like she kind of calls them out later yeah um but yeah i mean i think she understands why and like where he's coming from but i don't think she's as like i don't think she's in on it as much as will like will's just like i'm doing this regardless of what you think
1: yeah yeah and so April's like yeah well if Kendra finds out about this like they'll fire you from the trial okay first off when has that ever stopped Will ever
0: Ever. um and second didn't Meredith Gray get fired from the entire hospital for doing this yeah but then she gets to come back because it's great anatomy but yes she did and she almost lost her baby because of this
1: like the whole ass hospital not just the trial
0: the whole damn hospital well and then she almost lost her baby because of that too
1: was she trying to adopt Zola at the same time Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, this is (laughs) like, yeah. Yeah, just it's never stopped Will before because he's never gotten fucking fired. Um, Nope. Goodwin still wouldn't even fire him. She would just be like, you're a pain in my ass. Get out of my office. And that would be that. Probably. Yep. I just face-bombed. You didn't know what that was. Yeah. Okay, so... Meredith got fired from the whole damn hospital is the point. And Will's just like, woohoo. Will's just like whistling as he goes. He's like, this is awesome. So it turns out she's on the medication and Will is like, yeah, I'm totally going to tell Dr. Verani. Like I'm, t- I'm going to tell her right now, like totally going to tell her. And he doesn't, he doesn't, they do the samurai. They find out it's like a tiny little tumor and Dr. Verani's like, oh my God, like what
0: an incredible catch. Oh, honey. Yeah. That whole scene was just so face palming because April's there too and she knows what Will did. Will knows what he did. And it's just it's just so no 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 no.
1: It's cringe. Like this is this is something Will should
0: not be doing in season 6 Mm-hmm. Especially because I do agree with Varani. Like he is good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like if this is what he wants to do, then that's fine. But like clearly I don't know.
1: He's good when he's making like rational decisions. He's not good when he's doing like renegade shit like this. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, so then this scene in the elevator, it's just pretty much Will and April like rationalizing what they did. And the way April phrases it too, it's like she's so maybe she's not the devil on his shoulder, but April's like, all right, I'm in, I'm your accomplice now. I guess I know what I know I was complicit.
0: Yeah. I just I don't know. That whole thing really, that that whole scene, honestly, like summed up Chicago Mad for me. Right. It was like April being like, yeah, we know like what you did was wrong. And Will's like, well, we did it for the right reason. So it's fine. And I was just like, that is Chicago Mad signed up, summed up in two lines of dialogue. This is like the opposite of the Midas
1: touch. Like, you know how Midas like touched everything and it turned to gold. This Mm -hmm. is the opposite of that. Everything Will touches when he goes rogue like this falls apart. Oh,
0: Lord. I
1: mean, yeah. It goes to shit. That's a... Yeah. Um, Not His entire relationship with Natalie, thanks to the gun and the lying and Ray and all that stuff. Yeah. That fell apart. I mean, the whole thing with the DNR in season one, that fell apart. Yeah. And then he's all, why didn't I get chief? I don't know, Will. Maybe because you do all this dumb shit? Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I, what is he doing? What is he doing? I don't know. This is some
0: like dumb shit. And I honestly, though, the thing is though, is like, I want to be surprised and shocked and honestly, maybe a little more outraged, but I can't be because it's, it's so predictable. I hear that. Like, it's like, oh yeah, Will's going to fuck up and like lie and get away with like breaking the rules, but he's, it'll be fine. He, he may get fired from the trial, but he'll still have a job, so it really doesn't matter. Yup. Okay. Yup. It is okay. getting a little old, though.
1: It is, and, but I mean, I I, I mean, I sort of get, I get it, I get it, right? Like, he's like, okay, well, I don't want her to get kicked out of the trial, but it's almost as if it's going to do more harm if he tells Kender and it stops the entire trial.
0: Right. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what's getting old is like the fact that Will keeps breaking the rules of anything. Like that's what's getting old. I understand where Will's coming from. And I do, I think that would be like a tough decision, but like, if you're going to stay as part of the trial, you have to, you know, follow the trial rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. So will doesn't tell dr verani he runs into her as she's leaving dr troy's room again more about that later and he's like well listen you should know and he you know they set it up like oh he's gonna finally be honest and talk to her he asks her out
0: i feel like if it hadn't been uh, for the hints that um nick has given in interviews that like oh maybe there's something in a brew between them this would seem so out of left field Yes. Yes. Like, I would have literally had no idea that they were going to go there with this. Well, this still
1: felt a little out of left field, especially I considering mean, it the does. preceding scene.
0: No, but I'm saying it do- – oh, yeah, we'll get there in a second. Mm-hmm. But it does. But I'm saying at least there was some kind of heads up. Like, Will – or not Will. Nick has been – like, has said in interviews that, like, oh, maybe there might be something brewing between them. I don't know. You know? Yeah nick has at least teased it so at least i kind of knew that like oh at some point maybe they'll go there but yes in the context of the show it feels very out of left field yeah definitely definitely and is it will actually being interested in her or is it will saving his ass
1: no i think he's interested in her i think he's not like he's not manipulative like that he he's
0: he doesn't i think it's partly both no i don't think it's a cya move But I can't, I don't think you can say that it's not, he, it, he didn't not think about that as he was doing it. He may have done it for purely because he was interested, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you can say that, like, he didn't also use it as, like, a way to get out of telling the truth.
1: Hmm. Oh, like it was a Hail Mary. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and she accepts, which is even weirder this whole thing is weird Mm -hmm. the whole thing is just really odd that whole yeah yeah what the fuck so um we got a lot of messages from you guys about this which like thank yes thank you please send it all um so Catherine said will's my favorite redhead but men why is he so (laughs) dumb and then she put into parentheses sorry gina girl i'm yelling right along with you he is a dumb
0: ass But yeah, you started this whole segment by saying, oh, sweet, baby, precious, Will. And I'm like, Gina. sweet,
1: baby, precious, Will. No. I know. No. I
0: know. No. I know.
1: (sighs) She said he's throwing a slightly different version of season seven finale of Grey's Anatomy. He's messing with the clinical trial and just like Meredith. And she said, not quite, because met in Grace Sloan. Oh, yeah. Who gets fired there? Noah, but you get my point. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's jeopardizing his career as someone discovers the truth, the hospital reputation, and everything. But he's not, though, and that's the kicker. He's never going to lose his job. Yeah, I know. And also, big time liar, and I think we've learned just by how season four went, that Will Halstead always gets caught some way or another. It's like the universe hates Will Halstead. I love him, but the universe doesn't.
0: That. That. That is why he's sweet, precious baby Will. Nope. Okay, Casey said, can we please go through one episode where Will doesn't do something illegal or moral?" Of course not, because it's Chicago Med. And she said, also, I do not ship Will with Dr. Barani. Yeah, neither. It's almost like we're starting
1: a circle of severide with Will. Not just as women, just like breaking the rules. But also, why does every female he come in contact with have to be a love interest? Well, even
0: remember, even like the minor ones. Remember, we kind of thought they were going to go there with that... um, he had, like, the past with the doctor from the infection crossover. Like, there's been, like, even little minor ones where you're like, oh, that person knows Will? Like, this is weird. So Will can't just work beside a female doctor? Yes not.
1: Straight up work and be friendly and not have it yeah, developed into something?
0: The other ones he had works by, like, April and Maggie, they're nurses. So no. Fe- female doctors? No. Nurses? Yes.
1: He even made out with Dr. Frisch.
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck.
1: No, you're right. Yep. Yeah, we've got a little baby circle of separite happening. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's not good. Zach said, I know that he was trying to do everything he could to keep the clinical trial going, but to go off and do a blood test for the patient off-site, something tells me that's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Also, Will's calling Dr. Verani by her first name. Now he's asking her out to dinner. Is something about to happen here? Because if so, I don't know what to think of this. (laughs) Same.
0: Us either. I don't see any chemistry. No. No. None. Um, Samantha says, does Will really need to start a relationship with every woman he works closely with? First Natalie, then Hannah, now Dr. Ferrani. I think Will just needs to stay single for a while instead of jumping into the first relationship he can. After all, he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to dating his co-workers. Right. Mm-hmm. Will, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So this is going to end terribly, just like it always does, but then he'll still have a job at the end. It's going to end real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Real bad. And stop just short of firing.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Next up is Brian's favorite chip in the world. Mansell, Natalie and Crockett. Brian, take it away.
0: Okay. Um so the episode starts and Crockett wakes up and walks around this like his apartment. Um, he's still got the box sitting like out on his counter that his wife brought his ex-wife brought him uh, full of his daughter's stuff which I was like at first I was like that's kind of weird but then we see why he can't really bring himself to put it away yet. Can we please talk about this apartment though? Yes again it's- yes. Everybody in this universe has like the most sweet apartment ever. I'm telling you I still think he lives in the same building as Severide and Casey and Stella I'm just saying.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll give you that. I still think Severide lives on, like, I think, like, the ground floors of this building are, like, not as great. Severide's place is amazing, don't get me wrong. But it's, like, not as swanky
0: as Crockett's. No, but I think Crockett has probably a better interior decorator than Severide. Because, remember, Severide lived in first, and then Stella and Casey have moved in since then. But Severide lived there first. He did. So, I mean, Severide, I can't imagine, putting up, like, curtains and shit. You know, the most striking thing about Crockett's
1: apartment to me was the LED lights behind the bookshelf. Why did you notice that? Because they're blue. You can't not notice them. How did you not notice
0: them? I did not notice them. That's like the bougiest detail. Who has LED lights behind their bookshelf? I didn't even notice it. Now I'm going to go look it up after we're done, but I did not notice it. And it's all you're going to see going forward apparently yeah yeah
1: like i was just like wow that place is kind of swanky and then i was like blue light the clearing light from the just some HGTV shit okay don't judge me
0: anyway so again he takes another glance at the baby box but like just can't bring himself to really like open it and go through it so he just kind of stuffs it in a cabinet somewhere and he's like explaining all of this to Nat later on in the doctor's lounge, which, like, honestly, I really appreciate. Like, it's really nice to see one of the guys on med be like open about feelings. Cause I, feel I like, liked this a lot too. Yeah. Like, and especially, I mean, they've only been growing closer over the last little bit. And the fact that he's already willing to tell her all of this and he can tell her all of this, like, I don't, I, I really liked that.
1: I loved it. Yeah. I, and I, I loved how he was so forthcoming with it. It wasn't something where she had to drag out of him. He just like openly. He, I confided. mean, he willingly,
0: she didn't even ask. She, he just like willingly was like, hey, so remember that when my ex-wife came to see me, which I still think is weird, by the way. <laughs> and I thought about it and I'm like, "I she's got to come back again. That cannot be. We did not cast her as that for like, this cannot have happened just because.
1: I when she's, like she's done with whatever she's doing in Canada, she can <laughs> yeah,
0: come I back guess. through. If she can come back through. I know. If. Um, but anyway, so they get interrupted and they get their case. And their patient is a man who presents with pneumonia. But, you know, even after giving him medicine and all the kind of stuff you give when someone has pneumonia, like his numbers are still off. So they wheel him off for the CT and the boyfriend tells Crockett like how special he is to him um and you know how he's worried but crockett's like don't worry you know everything will be okay but as it turns out the ct shows a mass and so this is yet another cancer patient two weeks in a row for crockett is this a thing we're going to be doing where like
1: every week it's a cancer patient for crockett
0: i mean here's the thing i kind of like this sounds so morbid i kind of like that he does get cancer patients because i think it has it obviously parallels what he's going through at home and like what he's trying to do and his stuff with his daughter, you know, the daughter stuff. And like, it's allowed us to s- learn more about him. So I do mm-hmm. appreciate from that way. It was just very noticeable because it was two weeks in a row. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, that's a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much. Um, but anyway, so Crockett operates and basically like, it's the worst case scenario of the cancer has spread everywhere. Um, and so Natalie and Crockett go and tell the patient and his boyfriend and they're like well how long does he have left and you know Natalie's just like well it's hard to say but a year maybe um, and so Crockett's about to head out at the end of the shift and Natalie ends up grabbing him because apparently the patient and his boyfriend need them to be the witnesses for their wedding and you know they basically are just like you know, yeah, we may only have a year left, but why do we want to waste a moment of that? Like a year is better than nothing. And yeah, they get married at the bedside of the hospital and um, it's really sweet. And then the end scene, we see Crockett showing Natalie the DVD of Harper's first birthday from the box of stuff that his ex-wife brought. And that was a scene I literally kid you not. I was like actually crying. And I feel like I say that a lot, but I mean, I was actually crying this time.
1: Uh, yeah, and throughout this whole thing, too, when they're, like, relaying news to this couple, Crockett looks like he's almost numb. Like, it's, like, the case last week kind of triggered him, and he was, you know, really, like, emotional about it. This week, he was almost just, like, he was very stoic about it because he was
0: just, like, here we go again. But that's kind of honestly why I was surprised that he was so open about it mm-hmm. with Natalie and that in in the beginning and at the end, too, and that, like, because at the beginning, or in that scene when he's about to walk away and she's trying to convince him to come to the wedding, he, like you, like you said, he doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. Like he's numb. He's, you know, tired of dealing with cancer patients, you know, and, and having that bring up things for him. But that's why I was kind of surprising that by the end, he's like taken Natalie back to his place to show her the DVDs. And like, I thought that I, I loved it.
1: Yeah, I like how it paralleled with what the couple was going through. Cause in that moment when Natalie's like, Yeah, they want to get married. Like Crockett's just like, Well, Crockett knows all those feelings. And he's like, I don't want that. Like, Mm -hmm. but Um, then
0: something about actually seeing it and hearing that what they had to say and like their reasonings for it allowed Crockett to again, like, take Natalie and open up even more to her, which I thought was cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he really took the whole like, take what you can get thing to heart that, like, even though he got a year with her, you know, you should celebrate that.
0: Mm-hmm. She's a cute baby, too. I know so precious I know. Mm. Um, but yeah, and you guys had a lot to say about that, which I love. and I also love it's so funny because you know how Tori posted like that screenshot of them sitting on the couch like before the episode aired on her Instagram. Yeah the amount of our listeners that sent that to me is like, <laughs> ridiculous i mean i loved it but like also i feel so like seen and predictable (laughs) you know
1: here's an interesting question how do you think owen's gonna take or not owen how do you think crockett's gonna take to owen when the
0: time comes to meet him i don't know i don't know we saw that owen's been on set recently so or the actor that plays owen Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i don't know yeah we'll see we'll see i
1: wonder if he's gonna view it like almost like a second chance maybe
0: and i feel like owen will take him pretty i mean because marcel was a dad yeah like will wasn't hadn't been someone's dad yet right right so um um, anyway yeah lots of listener thoughts Catherine said last season i did not like crockett at all for me and i think it was because i'm only getting 20 episodes he only came to be in the middle of sex toy um and like with la- but with last night's episode he took a piece of my heart and made it his home i'm not denying <laughs> he has some baggage to get through but i love how open and vulnerable he is with natalie and his development and growth especially because last season i thought he was nothing but a shallow um but he does say like can we give them a break from the cancer patients i get that this is the way to show his backstory but it's like that when all of but it is like that season when all of those patients wanted to die <laughs> just please give them a break because it's heartbreaking
1: it's, it shouldn't be funny that there were like five straight episodes where all of Will's patients wanted to die, but also it's kind of funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zach said, Natalie and Crockett at his place watching home movies of his baby daughter. Dear God, how cute was that? The fact that we get to see Marcel open up to Natalie in this way is beautiful and great character development for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Allie said, okay, so I shipped me and before this, but now I really ship them. Their awkward flirting was hilarious, but I love how their relationship is deepening, especially as she's been there for him during his most vulnerable moments. The fact that, the fact that Crockett is willing to show that side of him to Natalie really speaks volumes, considering how much of a front he put up when he was first introduced, and the fact that he still hasn't opened up to anyone else, other than patients, as far as we know. The last scene where they were watching the video of his daughter was heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time, and I can't wait to see where this goes. However... It also makes me dread what the writers were teasing with regards to Manstead in the near future. Yep. I feel like they're stuck on this ship because it's the OG med ship, but they weren't—they just weren't good for each other and it's okay to move on. Preach. Yep, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah,
1: that is, that's a great point. Yeah, preach. And yeah, I think Manstead is going to end up coming back together somehow in the next couple episodes. So
0: <sighs>
1: I know, I know. I'm like- If
0: they want to work together and have a storyline, fine. I don't need a romance. I don't. <sighs> I'm just kind of like, okay, do, do we have to? It's just, yeah, no, yeah, no, so, like, no, no, eh, no, no. Eh,
1: eh. Okay, so next up, we got Goodwin. This was a small little piece with Goodwin, but uh, basically, her her son is, you know, he he's working back in the hospital again, the pharmaceutical rep. He's doing his thing she runs into dr abrams at the elevator and dr abrams is like extra grouchy this episode which is just like perfect it's it's funny i enjoy it so good yeah and so he's like is it me or this year's first year residents less competent than last year's and she just goes you ask me that every year um so he's just the resident grump which is hilarious so i'll take it um her son Michael he's scrubbing in on a surgery and you know she mentions to Maggie about you know how the how rough the year has been and like he didn't need the pandemic he's just now getting back on his feet all that good stuff um but she tells Maggie about you know the struggles of parenthood and how at the end like it's all worth it which more about that later so Goodwin overhears Sam kicking Michael out of the OR and it turns out that Michael basically tried to upsell him during an operation. Michael basically tried to make a sales pitch, like, in the middle of a procedure, like, with his hands in someone's brain. How dumb. I... So dumb. Pretty so boneheaded. Dumb. Yeah. Uh, and Sharon tries to talk to Michael about it, but he takes it personally. You know, he's just like, you know, it would be nice if you had my back. And she's just like, it's nothing about that. It's about protocol, which, like, LOL, at uh, playing the protocol card. I know. I'm pretty sure protocol would say some things about pretty much everything Will has done ever. And Natalie. Yeah. Can't
0: forget Natalie. Can't forget Natalie. Nope.
1: Nope. So Sharon tells Maggie about it. And this was kind of weird to me because she was like, you know, she's like, well, Michael just so much wants to please me, you know, just to make me proud. And she's like, so I'm the one that could hurt him the most, but it's not even, it, it seems to me like she's really cold about it, that she doesn't even take it to heart. She's just like, mm, I have power. Anyway, moving on. See,
0: I didn't see that at all. Hmm. I st- I mean, I obviously saw it that like she realizes that like she can't play favorites and like that is sometimes the hard part about working with your family is that like you can't, you know, play favorites or whatever. And, you know, you still have to do your job. And so but I don't think that she was being like cold and hard about it. I think she still realized, you know, she was still sad to see that he was uh, so p- upset mm-hmm. by her reaction yeah um, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I don't I don't really care for the storyline
1: though. Me neither. It's nice to have a, a it's it's nice to learn more about Goodwin, but you know, we're not really learning more about her. We're just seeing how she interacts with her son. Yeah, yeah. so next up is Ethan. Just like in en- <laughs> yell mode engaged. Ethan, 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 what were you thinking? Take it away, Brenna.
0: Okay. So as we learned from April, Ethan took the morning off for some kind of personal matter. And I love Doris's line. She's like, but he's always here. Like, what personal life does he have? Every episode she has managed some sort of dig
1: at him, whether it be like really covert or like not so covert. And I love it.
0: She's so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But he ends up coming. So he comes into the hospital, you know, or later, a little later on, but he like is holding his right side, which, okay weird but Mm -hmm. we move on yeah and so his patient along with dr lannick and dr lannick's good hair which it's back it's so yeah dr lannick with the good hair i (laughs) appreciate it Mm um but anyway his patient is a man who got hit by a car and like this whole storyline i just don't i don't care for that aspect of it it's just like this guy named dr cohen who's like screaming about this mason guy but lannick's patient isn't even the mason guy but this dr cohen thinks he's mason anyway uh, but anyway point being the whole time as this is happening ethan is struggling and like even at one point he's like by himself and he checks his temperature and it's 101 degrees and i'm like so he is covid i thought the same thing and i was like if this jerk came into the ed with covid i will say though i had that thought and then i was like but wait a second they're not gonna let him in if he is covid if he, yeah, if he and and because you have to obviously test negative to get into where they are. Yeah, yeah. But it did cross my mind. I was like, oh shit, it's COVID. And then I was like, oh wait a second, I don't think it could actually be COVID.
1: Yeah. So so this was this was the commercial break where everybody started playing Doctor House and like guessing about diagnosis and stuff. And um, I did see a tweet and somebody was like appendicitis, and I was like, oh, that adds up because like the fever and he's grabbing his right side. Like, okay, all right, I see you, but it's not that.
0: It's not that. Um, But, of course, Ethan is swearing he's fine because he's Ethan. And then he's literally mid-conversation with Dr. Charles and he just collapses. But it's literally like he collapses. He kind of just more like falls. And then when they finally get him on the ground, he's just like, I can't do it. I can't make it like translate over to the podcast. But like the look on his face, Mm it's just like. Yeah, like his eyes are wide open. He's just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's so weird. It's, it's so a weird. little weird. It's really weird.
1: It's a little weird. Ever passed out before? It's not fun. No, I haven't. Luckily. I did it once when I was 16, and it was not not fun. Yeah. Not fun.
0: So as we find out, basically, Ethan had his gallbladder removed that morning. And, like, left, you know, against doctor's wishes, and yeah. That, that morning... Like
1: an hour or two before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have a mutual friend who had her gallbladder removed a couple months ago. And like the minute this happened, we were like, okay, please tell us how you felt on the first day. Like, could you have gone to work on your feet for like 12 hours? And she was like,
0: absolutely not. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Yeah. Which, no. But Ethan did it. Point being, Ethan did it. And he
1: left against medical advice, which blows my mind. And the fact that he had this done at East Mercy. Okay. So this, like, I just, I had so many questions about this. I was like, okay, wait. So he went somewhere that wasn't meant to have this done first off, just to like keep it on the down low. But like, they know he's a doctor. I would like to think that they would have maybe like called and been like, yo, Ethan's about to do this crazy ass shit. Stop him. But he also probably lied and was like, I'm going home to rest.
0: Yeah. Uh, He probably didn't even tell them where he was going. He left. No, he, me left. left. I... he just left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, and also Dr. Verani is like witnessing this whole thing and she's just so confused because she has no idea. She's like, why would someone do this? And we're all just like, yeah, it's Ethan. See, now at first
1: I was just like, okay, well she, we're just showing that like she doesn't know how Ethan ticks, but then given the ending, I was like,
0: she found that hot, didn't she? I think so. Oh my God. Anyway. So I guess going back to this case that ends up really becoming Dr. Charles' case, um, this Mason guy was a colleague of Dr. Cones um, who felt like he was always in competition with. And, you know, Dr. Charles just handles it like a boss because it's Dr. Charles. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, Dr. Charles does go to see Ethan at the end of the day. And he's just like, buddy, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same what I was thinking. Uh, but Ethan's just, Ethan felt the pressure so much. Like he had to be at work. He had to be doing his job. He had to be doing this that like, he couldn't take time off to get the help, you know, the help that he needed, like the adequate amount of time it needed to recover, which I thought it's just crazy.
1: This is irresponsible.
0: Yeah. But Dr. Charles even says, he's like, you know, it's often the people who f- are the very best at what they do that feels the most inadequate. And you can tell that after Ethan heard that he kind of like calmed a little bit mm-hmm. like hearing that was like reassuring to him because no one has really said that to him since he started the new job as the chief
1: dr charles is like the
0: ethan whisperer he really is though <laughs> um and then yeah dr Verani ends up coming by to check on ethan too and he she even says she's like you're never one of you're one of those like never say die types you know it's just like okay girl what are you doing yeah i guess that also may be a thing i don't know but it was weird i think i might be able to see
1: more chemistry with dr troy and dr verani than dr verani and will
0: yes definitely but it was also weird it was weird it was just yeah
1: it was very weird very out of the blue Mm -hmm. i don't know how i feel about it
0: but yeah that's basically ethan he's insane.
1: I will say a couple of things that I liked about this though. Um, we got to see more of like the psychiatry side of Dr. Charles, because people forget that psychiatrists go to med school. Like they go to med school. And when Ethan collapsed, like Dr. Charles kind of took over and was like, okay, set him up on Tylenol, like do this, do that, like get this antibiotic. Mm -hmm. So we saw him doctor a little bit, not like we don't often get to see the medical side of him. I mean,
0: yeah, that was cool.
1: So that was cool. Seeing Dr. Charles kind of take charge like that. Um, yeah, but like this felt this felt a little too out there. Really though, does it? Okay, like there's there's med unrealistic, and then there's like really fucking unrealistic. And this was a little too out there for me.
0: See, I didn't think so at all. Like I think it fit very much into the Ethan kind of having this one train track mind of I can't let anything get away at the job, not even my health. Because it's like kind of been building up to that, right? Like at first he was sleep deprived and, you know, then he was staying up all night and coffee and, you know, whatever, all that stuff we saw in the previous episode. But now he got something so serious as he needed his gallbladder removed Mm -hmm. and he's still all just like work, work, work. I need to be the best chief that it ever was. I need to, you know, I need to impress. I need to do this. I need to do that. I, I think it fit kind of, I mean, like, yes, it is a little insane that like, he got his gallbladder removed and then thought he would be able to work. Like, yes, that part of it is, like, is insane. Mm-hmm. But I think it fit. It kind of was the next elevation of what we saw last week. Hmm. True. True, true. I so I don't think it was that crazy. Hmm. I think it's a, I think it's maybe just more crazy cuz like who the fuck would do something like that? That. But I don't think it's crazy from a story telling perspective.
1: Hmm.
0: So, Um, We did get some listener comments about this. Uh, Megan said, Brian's acting is phenomenal in this episode. I hope that the writers don't pull an Antonio Dawson on him with the pills and make him an addict. I love seeing the mental health side of med, especially with the doctors. The writers are doing a flawless job showing how the chief job affects toys mentally. mentally, I don't think they'd pull an Antonio with him. I don't either. I don't think he'd go that route. I don't either. Mm
1: -hmm. No. Hmm. Um, Zach said what the fuck was Troy thinking right Mm -hmm. Um, to have a major surgery such as the removal of a gallbladder then immediately leave right after to go to work instead of recover I'll admit that him checking his temperature had me nervous that he had COVID but this was no better it's a miracle it didn't turn out worse than what it was and thank god for Goodwin for putting him on forced sick leave from where I sit he needs much more than that Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah um last up is Maggie Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. And I mean, the, the uh, we start off with, you know, Augie had the liver transplant. He's good. They're in the room. The biggest thing about this first scene is that Augie calls Ben dad. And I like wanted to cry. <laughs> just, just like stick a fork in me. Oh my God.
0: I know all the feelings. I just, <sighs> all the feelings. So many. I just feelings. love this little family.
1: They're so good. They're so good. So, When Goodwin tells Maggie about the whole thing about, like, she's going on and on about parenthood and how hard it is, but it's all worth it, Maggie just says, she's like, I feel all of that with Augie. So, you know, at the very end of the episode, Goodwin calls Maggie and Ben into her office. So it turns out that their, like, heredity website search that they did revealed that Augie has a brother. And so they meet the adoptive family over Zoom. And, you know, Maggie's, yeah, she's happy for him, but, like, you can see that she's worried.
0: They want to come visit and yeah. 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 So,
1: but like, they cannot take Augie from Maggie and Ben.
0: I will actually probably throw things if that happens.
1: Or like, not even take him, but like, if they're just like, yeah, it's best that Augie goes and stays with his brother. Like, don't do that. I will throw things. I think that's where it's going.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. It's sad. It's sad um catherine said i swear to god if maggie and ben don't get to adopt augie because of the brother and the brother's family i'm gonna riot i'll take a plane to chicago and have a serious conversation with diane and andy about how they mistreat this couple they deserve the world after everything they've survived seriously
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um ali said augie talked Auggie calling Ben dad was freaking adorable and melted my heart. Please protect this family at all costs. Um, I'm excited for Auggie to found, have found his long lost brother, but I can't help be a tiny bit suspicious <laughs> since the last time people, cough cough Dossie, tried to adopt a kid in one land, a relative showing up got in the way of things. Mm-hmm. What if Auggie's brother's parents want to adopt Auggie and they somehow get priority because it would mean keeping siblings together? I know this series is a little far-fetched and that their situation is very different to Dossie's, but we've seen time and time again that we can't have nice things these shows so I'm just skeptical <laughs> jaded fandom tonight it's, I don't think it's that far their situation's that different from Dossie's I mean not really I mean I guess the fact that Augie is a sick kid and Louie wasn't mm-hmm. but I don't think it's that different no yeah you're right it, it's it's not and Maggie and
1: Ben are married Dossie was married and yeah yeah so yikes hmm don't mess with maggie and ben please keep that family together please any other notes on med Mm-mm. this was a good episode wasn't too bad it was fine the ragey moments were you know warranted it was fine yeah so moving in to fire this was a good episode
0: I really, I did like this episode.
1: I like this one a lot. Yeah. Um, can we please talk about how Casey and Severide were such a married couple during this episode?
0: They're such BFFs. I love it. It was, yeah. They were
1: such a married couple in this episode. It was perfect. Perfect. Ugh,
0: it just makes me want my custom. I just want to get Your pops? Custom. Yeah. yeah. Have you, you haven't found a shop to do it yet? I'm working on it. I have, I'm in the talks of, yeah. Okay. Somebody replied to me about
1: my next round of custom pops. So I'll have to send it to you okay yeah I'll, I'll lead you that direction so okay so we start off with casey and severite and ritter there is some ritter action in the in this little bubble too okay so first off stellarite is planning a getaway to the cabin just just let that simmer for a second because you know what they're gonna do
0: there they are gonna have all of the sex all of the time and maybe get engaged like that's the talk around the twitter fandom
1: i don't know if i want that yet I don't know it's I feel like it's gonna happen it's gotta happen I feel like it's gonna happen I know but oh man the cabin it's just like <laughs> thank god they don't have any neighbors okay because the minute the minutes I read was like let's go to the cabin I was like oh I know what's happening there
0: <laughs> but honestly cabin content is what we deserve at this it point is. yeah it's what we deserve yep yeah so. and Stella still wants to take the lieutenant's exam
1: so just like that Stella right is all happy and wonderful again For the 45 seconds and then that's it all we got in this episode i mean i mean just just remember they're going to the cabin at some point yep yep they're um (laughs) playing scrabble having a reaction to the stress of the day what's the med euphemism for having sex (laughs) um yeah yeah so 51 gets this call and all of they all roll up to this alley where there's a homeless camp on fire and the only serious injury is this guy named big Jim and Casey recognizes him from a previous call. Did you remember this guy? I don't remember him. I couldn't tell if he was like a
0: real kid. Like if that was like a real thing or not. I don't know if it was a previous call that we saw or not. Yeah. Right. Or they say like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: So this girl from the homeless camp, her name's Vanessa. She stops by the firehouse and she's like, you know, have you figured out how it started? Like, you know, what's going on? Um, and, and I love I love how like she's talking to Ritter. Casey and Severide round the corner uh, together. Everything yep. they do in this episode is like sidestep, like perfectly synchronized. Because they are
0: BFFs. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. Those two were like besties this episode. Okay, so she tells everybody, she's like, yeah, Big Jim had a lot of rules about what kind of stoves and heaters you could use at the camp. Like he was really strict. He wanted to keep us safe. Um, Severide eyes galore in this scene, by the way um and she mentioned she's like yeah this guy dixon started a fire in a trash can can a couple of weeks ago and big jim booted him and you know he didn't really take it well so um she's or yeah and so is vanessa the one who says this mm-hmm. yeah she says all i know is big jim tried to protect us and now he's in the hospital so casey and severide go to check out the homeless can- campsite and they see that the city's already clearing it up because again they're just glued at the hip all episode. What about during the call when Casey goes to get Big Jim and she, he's like, how did you know I needed help? I know. Close to their, yeah. Married couple. Married couple. I was really hoping the next line out of Severide's mouth was just going to be like, I just knew. <laughs> I was like really hoping that was going to be it, but he was like, no, I heard the name Big Jim and figured you needed help. Basically like ripping on BFFs. his best friend, call him scrawny. BFFs. I, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. yeah perfect perfect okay so they go check out the homeless campsite because god forbid they go alone they have to go together because you know one person might miss the other um and the city's already cleaning it up so they meet this guy named al wicker he lives in the neighborhood he's like yeah my neighbor's probably called for a quick cleanup like you know it's probably nothing and he seems really nice which is if if, if i've learned anything from fire it's that it's the nice person always always turns out to be horrible always Okay, so Sev sees this guy, throw. he's going through the trash. He mentions something about there are too many rules and, you know, all this stuff. Well, Severide, being the wannabe detective that he is, he pieces it together and he's like, you're Dixon. So Dixon takes off running and Severide's like, fuck yeah, I'm an intelligence. I'm going to chase after you too. And he runs and Severide tries to go after him. And I got to a point where like, I forgot what show I was watching when he like scaled the fence. I was like, go Kelly.
0: The fuck are you doing? Go. <laughs> like, Yeah. He was trying to scale it. And then he just stopped there. And I was like, you could do that. He could totally scale that fence if he wanted to do. Um, I have
1: this theory that uh, maybe like Casey and Severide and Ritter, like I feel like maybe all the members of 51, they might be like secret fangirls for intelligence. And like Casey and Severide and Ritter might just like go as members of intelligence for Halloween. That's so funny <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I think would Kate who would Casey go as Would Casey go as Casey's kind of let's see he's Jay. like the thinker Jay yeah he'd be Jay Severide would be Ruzik yes I yes yeah Severide's got to be Ruzik and then I think Ritter would Ritter's like we saw in this episode that like he's he's like tender you know he's like he brings like the human side to it he would be like He'd be more of a Burgess. like, you yeah, know, put, put gonna... the wig
0: on. <laughs> Lord.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to imagine that happy head cannon in my head where like Firehouse 51 are secret fangirls for the members of Intelligence.
0: <laughs> just somebody write that fic, please.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Like somebody from Intelligence drops by and they're like, oh my God, it's Rizik. Be cool. Be cool. Oh my God. Which is really what I sound like when I'm in the room with one Chicago cast members, but beside the point. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so Bowden and Casey and Severide, they discuss the situation at Molly's. And so Casey stops Ritter and he's like, hey, like reach out to Vanessa, see if you can find out where Dixon ended up. Casey's phone goes off and he gets a message talking about Jim and saying that, you know, he's unconscious. So he and Severide go together because together they can't be apart. They'll miss each other too much together. Okay, so he and Kelly go to the hospital, and Jim tells them that, you know, he found propane bottles despite them being banned. And he's like, Yeah, I would look for Dixon in Tent City. Um, and the propane bottles were right outside of his tent. So, you know, Severide's like spider senses go off, and he's just like, Ooh, this could be attempted murder. He's like, Ooh, arson.
0: He spent way too much time in OFI.
1: He really did, but like way also way too much time. OFI is like Severide's Disneyland. Yes. When he rolls up to that office with Casey, I felt like he was just like, this is Casey. This is Van, what's his face? Van Meter? Yeah, Yeah. Van Meter. He's like, so this is Van Meter. Like, he really likes me, but I really wish he wouldn't be so obsessed with me. This is Casey. We're best friends, you know? Like, (laughs) OFI is just his like hangout. Yes. Yeah. I was about to make a Parks and Rec reference, but I forgot you've never seen that. Mm Mm it's like with Ben and the accounting firm how like everybody at the accounting firm just like loves Ben and it's like please come work for us and they freak out every time he comes around and he's like no I'm not working here like that's that's I't know if I just smile and nod Brenna <laughs> yeah so Ritter meets up with Vanessa at the bridge that she's staying at now um he brings her a copy of the secret guardian which was the book she was trying to go back for so sweet I know. I I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's sweet. And so she's like, yeah, I'll I'll see what I can figure out about Dixon. And so Casey and Severide go to OFI to bring them the case. Van Meter's just like, oh, my God, Severide's back. I love him. And Severide's like, stop. Like, no. But um, they won't do anything about it in a timely manner because it wasn't flagged in their initial report. There was no physical evidence left. All this mess. So Cap is going full Cap, meanwhile. And so he basically... We'll get to Cruz in a second, but all you need to know is that there's a piece of shrapnel involved. So Severi, it's like, what the fuck, dude? You've been hiding evidence this whole time? And he shows it to Casey and Bowden. Casey recognizes the label. It's from this little like mom and pop shop that he uses for construction jobs. And Casey stops by to see if the owner can ID the guy. So they get the security footage and they find out who it is that way. So meanwhile, while well, that's going on, because this is like, it's pretty busy, but Ritter orders food from an old friend of his. And it, like he runs a restaurant now and he asks the guy for a favor. And he says, he's like, I met someone who kind of reminds me of you back in the day. So Vanessa shows up to the firehouse and it turns out big Jim died in the hospital. Just very sad. Gallo comes in with a laptop or a little millennial. And he's like, guys, I found the arsonist. And so it's not Dixon. It's not Dixon, no, it's the neighbor. It's the neighbor. The neighbor is the psychopath. He's the horrible of person. Of yep. course. The neighbor is the arsonist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Casey and Severide go together to pay Al a visit. And oh, man. Oh, this this is a beautiful, beautiful takedown. We you know you've been complaining about the encampment for months. We know that it was your phone calls to the ward office that got the cleanup crew here so fast.
0: And I want you to know, his name was James Benavides, Big Jim to those who know he wasn't just some faceless nobody in a tent. He had a sister,
1: he had nephews, he had friends. I don't know what this is about. You're obviously upset. I'm busy right now, so, you No. Know, you're gonna listen. He
0: helped people, first as a teacher, then a soldier. He survived Iraq, and he survived 10 years on the streets. But what he couldn't survive
1: was the fire you set. Well, why didn't We start? got you on camera, buying the propane. And some of the camp residents placed you at the scene on the morning of the fire. I just wanted to dissuade you with the notion that somehow Jim's life was worth less than yours. It wasn't. Like, everything Casey said, though, like, yes, all of it was on point.
0: Yeah, and just like the passion, Casey was so passionate about it. And even Severide, like the, Al tries to slam the door in the, their faces. And Severide's like, no, you're going to listen. The finger! We've never seen that! It's so good. Oh my god. But the, whole,
1: the the part of it that really struck me the most is when Casey was talking to Al and he was like, you know, he's, he basically made a comment about how, you know, the audacity of Al to think that his life mattered more than Big Jim's. hmm Which, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Casey just laid it all out there. Casey really And I loved every him. second of it. It was pretty beautiful. It was great. It was pretty nice. Yeah. So later on, Ritter introduces Vanessa to his friend. His name's Makai. And uh Mackay is the one who owned the restaurant from earlier. And they got her a spot in a youth shelter, which is the same one that helped Makai get off the street when he was younger. So just just a really like feel-good story tonight. Ritter has the biggest heart. He really does. I It's, all, it's becoming a competition now. Of like who has the biggest heart at 51?
0: Ritter. Yeah. I think Ritter's like slowly like going away, pulling yeah. away from it with the lead. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. Yeah. And I was messaging with my mom
1: during this whole thing. And like, she said something. And I, I mentioned back to her, I was like, the whole reason that Vanessa's taking to Ritter right now is because he sees her as a human being. He doesn't see her as a homeless girl. He sees her as a mm-hmm. fellow human which like I just yeah that was a really like it was good
0: really Can I make a thought. comment though? Of course. Now that I okay. How does she have a cell phone? Oh, that's a good question. I was thinking about that as rewatching today and she's like, "Yeah, I'll call you." And I'm like, "But how? Did we see her with a cell phone?" No, but she said I mean, he says like, "Yeah, she like gave me her number." Maybe she found it somewhere. Maybe, but, like, how know. does she pay for it? I don't know. Maybe it's a pay-as-you-go. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. It was just I a thought. Know. Anyway. Good. Anyway. Brett. Yes. Go. Well, Do the thing. Okay. Um, so I feel like we need to just, like, start off by saying, Granger's really fucking cute. He is not bad-looking. And I was looking up, apparently he plays Katherine Heigl's love interest in that new show, um, Firefly Lane. Yes. And I'm like, well, if you're not breaking up my ship, maybe I can get behind that. Maybe I'll have to watch it now because of this. Interesting. But yes, he's really, really easy on the eyes. He's pretty easy on the eyes. Yeah. I noticed like that really- especially more this week. Yeah. This week I was like, oh, oh, Okay. Okay. Anyway, just feel like I needed to just start off with that because anyway, so Granger shows up to 51 at 51 and to see Sylvie. Well, he doesn't really say that it's to see her. He's like, yeah, uh, our paramedics are out. We need to borrow some bag valve masks, which what? The, first of all, what the fuck are bag valve masks? I think that's
1: the thing that you use on like the CPR dummy. Like when you're trying to like make an airway
0: or something and it's the bag that you like put over. Mm. anyway but yeah he's like yeah we are out can we borrow some and Sylvie's like yeah sure but Stella of course is like sitting at the squad table and she sees right through him this is like that
1: old technique that like you use when you're like when you stay at somebody's house or something and you leave something behind so you have an excuse to see
0: them again yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and but Stella sees right through it and he's like awkwardly trying to ask Sylvie out but again Fred is so clueless um And then Stella, like, points it out after he leaves. She's like, he was trying to ask you out. And she's like, no, 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 he wasn't. (laughs) And Stella's like, yeah, he was. So he does show up to Molly's because they'd been talking about – he was like, oh, well, do you want to go to Molly's tomorrow night? She's like, I'm going to Molly's tomorrow night. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll see you there. Um, He shows up to Molly's and, like, has a drink with bread. And they end up getting these things called smithereens – I tried googling it okay I already tried googling it I think it's a made-up drink let's see I couldn't find anything about it there's a queen smithereen right but that is the name of a blog not that I I, I saw that already
1: (laughs) 36 smithereen ideas hold on let me see what I can find here
0: I don't know I couldn't find what I was looking for it's
1: a pinterest board
0: right exactly it's still not really a
1: yeah, I think it's a made-up drink. Okay, well, there's a pin here for a Pirates of the Caribbean theme wedding. <laughs> Pirate party.
0: But I did I pulled a Gina. I did Google it because I was really curious. And mm-hmm. anyway. Quarantini
1: cocktail recipe.
0: Now Gina's just fallen down a hole. Skinner Smithereen's white blend. She's fallen way, way, way down a hole. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm um because so not only did Granger show up to Molly's have this drink with bread, he showed up like dressed to impress and like she still didn't even get that either until he like literally laid it out for her and he's like yeah well I dress up to impress like the nice paramedic and she's like oh tans and brewing company has an IPA oh called God.
1: smithereen <laughs>
0: I don't think that Stella—that's what Stella was bringing them. No, I don't. I don't think so. It's a hazy IPA.
1: That's not my jam, and you don't drink beer at all, so. No.
0: Anyway, so again. <laughs> Granger's really into Brett. He finally just lays it out. He's like, yeah, I was dressing to impress you. And she's just like, that's nice. But like lately, my track record with men's been pretty abysmal. So like, yeah, no. so she's like, I'm honestly cursed. I'm playing it safe. And I think I need to stay like aggressively single. And like, he's cool with it. You can tell he's a little hurt because like, he's obviously into her, but the whole thing's kind of still a little awkward, but he's like cool with it for the most part. He's like, yeah, you know, okay. Anyway, so Brad and Mackey then later on get called to the cemetery where a headstone is like fallen on a guy's arm. How? Yeah. Yeah. This is For one sure. of those rescues. How? I I don't know. Um Anyway, so they can't get it off themselves, so they call for backup, and who shows up but none other than Granger and Forty, the rest of Forty? We don't even see anybody from Forty. It's pretty much just Granger. Yeah, I mean, we see, like, one or two people, but, like, barely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they pull up. They end up getting the thing off uh, the guy's arm. Their patient's going be fine. Blah, but, like, a whole group of clowns show up to the scene, because so <laughs> apparently they were called to showman's Rest, which is, like, a clown graveyard in Chicago. I, yeah, I did not know that there was a clown
1: graveyard in Chicago, and I just Googled, so I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, no idea. The first performers and show workers that were buried there are in a mass grave from when between 56 and 61 employees of the hagenbeck Wallach Circus were interred. They were killed in the Hammond Circus train wreck on June twenty second, 1918. Okay, Damn. so that place is pretty haunted. I can't believe they never did an episode of Supernatural about this place. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, there's other showman's rests. In, and like, other cities? Yeah, there's one in Oklahoma. Hugo, <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, there's one in Miami. And I think there's one in Tampa. Hmm. The more you know. The more we know. Oh, and here's details about the first rack. Hang on. So, uh... Okay, so... Okay, so some nearby residents say the sounds of ghostly elephants can be heard at night. Oh, wonderful. Crazy. (laughs) In popular culture, location used in an episode of
0: NBC Chicago Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so anyway, clowns show up to this, you know, try to go lay flowers by someone's graveyard, whatever. Brett is terrified of clowns um but they obviously have to get their patient back to the EBO. but Granger handles just the whole situation perfectly and like Sylvie's impressed um but I did love that we got a comment from Megan Megan's like Brett just had a Haley James Scott moment there right there with the clowns oh yeah she did
1: yes <laughs> true story <laughs> that's funny I love how like when they were all walking up it almost looked like the thriller video it was like slow motion yeah, I was like, like yeah
0: I was like what is happening and then you're like oh my god
1: She was so funny though. when she was like, "I did not know what this place was," and he's like, "Are you gonna be okay?" And she just goes,
0: "I don't do clowns." Do you like clowns? They don't bother me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're fine. I don't. uh, Yeah, don't care.
1: I mean, I think they're creepy. I'm not terrified of them though. I had one at a birthday party once.
0: They don't bug me. It was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Brett and Stella. So anyway. They're all going through this, like, footage that Casey pulled that we were just talking about earlier. And Brett and Seller are chatting about Granger.
1: You've had some bumps with the guys lately, right? Maybe had your heart stomped a little. Who hasn't? But you are no wilting wallflower. Phobophobia aside, you are an ass-kicking member of this And, um, my friend, it is time for you to put on your big girl gear and face the beast again.
0: You think just to clarify the beast is men or is it specifically granger sylvia brent i just pep talked the hell out of you no more waffling i do love that like stella finally just like laid it out for brent because like one of the things that did kind of like make me i don't know if sad's the right word but like Mm -hmm. i was kind of like oh um was like how she's like still so down on herself and like doesn't even realize that you know someone sweet as Granger could actually like want her for her because she's still so like broken from the whole Matt stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it just like made me sad And so like the fact that Stella finally just kind of laid it out for her and was like, you know, you might've had your heart stomped on a little like, but who hasn't, but like you're an ass kicking member of the CFD and like, go like get your guy. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I just love that little talk. Um, and then at that part of the episode ends and brett goes to see granger after shift and she pretends to need to like <laughs> borrow some tools like a la what he did in the beginning of the episode um and they are going out on a date so i like how it ended up as brett was the one who asked him yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm like here for that like i don't mind this right now because i know that it's like not gonna be forever so like i'm mm-hmm. not Lisa, like i feel like this is kind of gonna be like my husband, Zach. Like, yeah, just like quick and you're going to enjoy it. And that's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I do wish, like, again, I wish Granger wasn't coming between my ship, but like, you know, it's fun. I mean, he's leaving Mansell alone. What do you want? <laughs> no, Bretzy's like way above Mansell, but yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's surprising. The amount of Bretzy fan fiction I read is like ridiculous. This is news to me. Oh, yeah. And no, why Bretzi- haven't you shared this with me? Bretzy is like way, way, way above Mansell. I'm like shocked right now. No, Bretzy's like way above them.
1: And why haven't you sent me links to any of this fanfiction? Oh, I will when we finish. I'm not mad. I'm
0: disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Bretzi's like way above them. Okay. Way, okay. way, way above them. Anyway, I mean, I'm into Mansell, but like, Bretzi is like up there. Hmm. Anyway. So we did, of course, get listener thoughts. Um, Catherine said, I'm liking this lieutenant from engine 40. He's a cutie and it can be fun for Brett to see what can become. Although to be honest, I know it will not become something permanent because of Bretzy. Um, But all I'm asking for is this like, thing between lieutenant and her makes her more confident in the relationship area. I hated seeing her unimpressed with someone being attracted to her like she's not a freaking 15.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Casey said, I'm glad that Stella got through to Sylvie and made her realize that she doesn't need to be afraid to date again. Yes. Although I think Bretzy will be endgame, I don't hate the idea of her with Granger. If anything, I think it'll light a fire under Casey's butt. It'll be interesting to see how that love triangle works itself out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. end endgame, do you mean, like, short-term or long-term?
0: I don't know. I can't speak for Casey, but... Hmm. Anyway. Um... Zach said Sylvie so Brett well I'm glad she's taking fellow's advice about dating does it really have to be with lieutenant intervention 40 hoping we get to see her together with a certain truck captain the sooner the better also nice callback for Brett's fear of clowns and the fact that Chicago has a graveyard strictly dedicated to clowns the things we learned about Chicago from this show right <laughs> but actually though
1: yeah Allie said this episode would be super torn over this whole Casey Brett Granger triangle On one hand, I really enjoyed Brett's moments with the lieutenant in this episode. He seems pretty straightforward, he's easy on the eyes, and he rescued her from a massive group of clowns. That is pretty cute. That scene where her asking him out by recreating what he did earlier in the episode was also really cute. On the other hand, it's clear that Brett and Casey still have feelings for each other, and I can't help but think Brett is somewhat rebounding after that whole situation. I think the lieutenant is what she needs right now, but it's unfair to him if he gets invested while Brett's heart is elsewhere, even if she doesn't mean to hurt him
0: yeah i don't know i think it's hard because like it's out there i guess on twitter that like granger is gonna be working at 51 next episode he is how do you not know this i don't know how do you know this it's on twitter he was like filming with them like at 51
1: Oh, as well, like,
0: like, supposedly the rumor going around Twitter, I guess, is that he is filling in as lieutenant on engine while Herman has to be out for a day or something. Okay. And so that's going to... Anyway, that's the rumor going around Twitter, I guess. Hmm. Anyway. um, And so I have a feeling that, like, something's going to happen and Casey and Brett are going to make eyes again or whatever. And he's going to see that, like, I don't think he's going to get hurt because of that like I don't think she's gonna hurt him I think he's gonna realize that like there's something happening and like Brett's heart's not in it and like break up with her yeah kind of how I'm thinking but hmm. anyway how do you not know this you clearly don't spend enough time on like Brett's Twitter
1: I, I I don't lurk around Brett's Twitter that often I mean I scroll, but you know you know really? but also okay let's all be real that Twitter's been full of
0: spoilers lately I'm
1: not about that life
0: yeah, but I guess, like, is that a spoiler or is that just like fans being smart and like deducting things from filming pictures? And, okay. Like, In that case, it's, it's definitely the latter. It is and, like latter. filming permits. Cause, like, obviously, you can figure out a lot from like filming permits and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just haven't
1: had the energy to pay, play like one Chicago Super Sloot this week and, like, you know, really <laughs> stare at the details of every picture, which is a blast to do. Don't get me wrong. It just takes a certain degree of brain power
0: yeah but you remember okay you saw that picture that was like actually the first kind of like one of the first group pictures i feel like we've gotten this season where it was like a bunch of them all i don't know where they were um but there's like a bunch of them and he's in that picture oh yeah i do remember that picture yeah that was from that episode that he's okay. like filling in for herman supposedly again i guess unconfirmed because we have no description but that's what i saw on twitter
1: i want to know what the hell's going on with herman is he okay Can he not take a day off? No. (laughs) If Ethan can work the morning of a gallbladder (laughs) surgery.
0: I don't know. Anyway. Um, But yeah. And Samantha said, I'm all for a Brett and Granger relationship. For now, I still, for now. I still want Brett to be in game, but I think this is what it's going to take for them to get together for good. Brett watched painfully from the sidelines as Casey dated Sydney, and now it's Casey's turn. I think seeing Brett with someone else is going to be what causes him to realize that he needs to fight for her and reassure her that he's not, she's not just his backup plan. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 So next up is Joe,
1: sweet, precious Joe, but actually sweet, precious Joe.
0: Yes. Actually sweet, precious Joe.
1: Yeah. See this time Brian is not like you're so wrong, which I know I'm wrong, but like still. Okay. So, Cruz passes out cigars as he makes his way into the firehouse and he just lays it out that Chloe's pregnant. I loved everyone's reactions. It's so good. Everyone's so happy. And Stella gives him a big hug and it's just so sweet. I loved everything about it. I loved everything too. I know. And Casey and Sever in the corner and they're just like, oh my God, like, congratulations, Pops. And I love it. Oh. So sweet so sweet so during the fire at the homeless camp um joe is walking through the scene and a propane tank blows up and cuts his like cuts his face um thankfully it's nothing serious but cap does make the game of thrones reference and he's like
0: you almost got Ned Starked um yeah you've never seen game of thrones have you I mean I know that's what happens like I know what happens but yeah I I know
1: I made it to the red wedding and then I was like okay I can't. Yeah, it watch doesn't that
0: mean anything to me, but yeah. I know that that's what happened. to Ned Star. I know, yeah.
1: I can't watch Game of Thrones like unsupervised. I can't watch it by myself. I lose track of the details. There, it's it's a very dense show. I've never seen an episode, but <laughs> so yeah. Thankfully, it's nothing serious. He's really lucky that like he only got you know gashed across the cheek. So Joe goes he home goes after home. Sh- what? I I realized I like wrote that. It was an error in it's the okay. Thing. So Joe goes home after shift and Chloe is complaining about the pipes not getting fixed, which like, Hey, Chloe, that hits a little <laughs> too close to home. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. We've been fortunate though. Like we've been very fortunate. I'm, I haven't had any issues with that. My friends haven't just my one coworker, but still her whole house flooded. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, so Cruz calms her down. It's adorable. Um, she's like pissed. She's really pissed. Um, But she sees his gash and he just is like, yeah, I got it from a bungee cord that slipped from Cap's hands because, you know, freaking Cap, like, yeah, always his fault. So Cap and Tony try to gift him with the shrapnel that almost, and I quote, ended him.
0: Yeah, that's literally the most Cap thing I've ever seen or heard I died
1: well and not only that what about Gallo when he's like man like an inch lower and it would have
0: nicked your carotid and you wouldn't have bled out in two seconds oh my god but no just the fact that like Cap framed his shrapnel and like wants to like hang it up in the firehouse I'm like oh my god
1: yeah stop trying to make fetch happen Cap
0: only Cap I know
1: but Cruz doesn't want Chloe to see it because like he lied to her about how he got the gash and he's like she was so worried about marrying a firefighter and now we've got a baby coming and I couldn't let her know that I almost got my head taken off oh man yeah so severide of all people kelly's freaking severide he gives joe his two cents when they're looking through footage and he's just like you should tell chloe the truth this is a historic moment in chicago fire history right
0: and even Cruz is like wait Kelly severide is dispensing relationship advice what what like does severide feel okay yeah now he is he's back with the love of his life so yes like It's a weird week,
1: man. Like, Texas gets buried under snow. You know, Kelly Severide dispenses relationship advice. It's like backwards day out there. Yes. It's weird. But yeah, and he opens up about what happened happened with him and Stella. And he's like, yeah, I almost lost her. Who is this Kelly? Who is this Kelly? But I approve. I know. I approve, too. Very much so.
0: Yeah. So Joe goes home after shift. And Chloe's so excited to see him because it's a boy. I know, and he's like trying to tell her the truth, and she just cuts him off. Oh, it's a boy! Honestly, all the domestic Chloe and Joey got in this episode, I just like I could literally watch a whole show about them. Um, same, same. I would like literally watch like hours and hours of them just like being domestic and cute.
1: Where is our Disney Plus spinoff of this that is like a version of
0: Wandavision, <laughs> except that it's Cruz and Chloe? don't you mean peacock world. you mean our peacock spinoff no
1: because they're not on the amazon fire stick and i'm still bitter because there's peacock stuff that i want to watch that i can't well then that's my rant i can't watch Save by the
0: bell i want to but i can't oh it's so good i'm sure it is i'll never know it's, anyway but yes i just i love them and see Chloe, I had no idea she was already like been back on, you know, on set and like, it was like such a nice surprise to see Chloe in this episode. I know. I know. I can't wait when she starts bumping. And oh my! I know I know. I know. I know. I thought about that too. I was like, I cannot wait to see Chloe with her bump. I just, I can't. Would we call it Crowe Vision? Cruz and Chloe? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work the same. No, it's not the same. Crow-y I feel like it's going to be something else. Vision. Anyway. We'll, we'll think, we'll work on that. We'll work on it. Um, but, yeah. So, and then we get Mallow. Oh, my God. These do. I love them. I'm obsessed. Anyway. So, again, everyone gets cigars from Joe at the beginning of this episode. And so, Gianna tells Gallo that, like, they should try out their cigars. And Gallo's just like, you know, I'd sneak off with you anytime. And she's like, oh, I know. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. I think Mallow is your version of Mansell. I think so yeah and, and just I mean like, I love me some Gianna and Gallo too obviously but like the way I the way you love them is the way I love me and so it's
1: just like puppy love with these two and it's just so cute it's like like
0: adorable like candy level cute where you're just like oh it's just so sweet um but so the next shift we actually do get to see Gallo and Gianna like smoke their cigars but they don't enjoy them really like <laughs> at all um how do you feel about
1: this that we got like a mallow cigar chat because I mean those are pretty sacred to Casey and Severide
0: it was weird I don't feel like because I feel like because it it feels because I think they don't like them and it seems like we're never gonna get one again I guess I'm okay with it but no cigar chat should only be Casey Severide occasionally Bowden I didn't mind
1: it I didn't mind it it was almost I mean, like the, it's cute but like yeah. cigar
0: chats man it was almost like the new class trying to be like the big kids yeah yeah I don't know. Cigar chats are meant to be Casey and Severide occasionally Mm voted. But anyway, so Cruz walks past them and he's on the phone or whatever. And he doesn't even mention a word like walks right past them. And so they're like, wait, does this mean? And so Gal is just like, you know, we're free. Like he's over us. Like, awesome. (laughs) And. So they're sitting there as, again, everyone's combing through the security footage. Everyone has to see while they're combing through the security footage. Mm-hmm. So Gallo's like, so, like, do you want to come over and watch the Blackhawks tomorrow night? And she's just like, yeah, no, I can't. I have plans, but, like, maybe next time. And she leaves to, like, go get some water. And he starts, like, freaking out <laughs> that, like, she blew him off and she's over them. And he even says, he's like, before I was forbidden fruit. Now I'm just regular fruit regular adorable fruit and Ritter like tries to knock some sense into him but Gallo is just like yeah no I no (laughs) not here to listen to your logical reason um so Gallo approaches Gianna at Molly's the next night and says he heard from a few people that like they're not supposed to date in-house but like she totally calls him out on his bs because she's like but like wait a second Stella and Severide are together. Mm-hmm. i like, Casey was married to a firefighter. He's like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And Gallo's just all like, I'm going to buy a motorcycle because it's dangerous and <laughs> I can be dangerous. And then uh, he walks away. So Gallo wants to be Severide. Yeah. Gallo thinks that because when, you know, she wasn't supposed to have him, that's why she was interested. And now that she can have him because Cruz doesn't care- that she's not interested but yeah I'm obsessed they're so cute um I did like this comment from Allie that we got she said Gallus clearly spent too much time with Casey and Severide if he's already misreading real relationships and not communicating (laughs) just kidding please don't take that seriously
1: good one it is funny though that is good really
0: really and like kind of scarily accurate accurate (laughs) but any yeah other notes on PD you mean fire fire
1: I was looking at the outline (laughs) I know we're getting ready to
0: get into PD
1: yeah whole state buried under snow and ice remember go easy on me
0: but no I I I did really like this episode it was a good episode yeah it was pretty solid so yeah
1: moving into PD
0: oh my god this episode it was a lot it was a lot it was it was heart-wrenching for sure I'll be honest, it took me until re-watching it again to like actually really understood what happened as yeah. per usual with PD episodes.
1: Yeah, okay. So so this is another one that was pretty case heavy.
0: It's all case.
1: Yeah, it is all case. Um, Not bad yeah. though. Well, yeah, well executed. Okay, so Adam and Jay are getting ready to do this undercover buy with some Latin players. Um, I did laugh when they pulled up in that van in the, the opening moment because they totally reminded me of like the guys from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah um, but as they head over there Kim and Kevin are talking about their playdate at the park with Michaela excuse me we got an Uncle Kevin playdate with Michaela and we didn't get to see it I know I'm so bitter what the fuck I know I'm just imagining Kevin like pushing Michaela in a swing and it being like precious yeah just dude as like Burgess walks or watches from the bench I just yeah 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 um and yeah, so they're talking and Kevin's just like, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt to have another pair of hands, would it? Have you thought about wrapping Ruse into this? And she says, yeah, I have. And he goes, and? And she's thought about it, but she hasn't done anything about it because Kim.
0: Yeah. I did think that was interesting, though. Again, I feel like because, which we'll talk about because a lot of people had this kind of same complaint i guess for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. like i feel like we just went from her not wanting that at the end of episode five to like now we're in episode seven i'm like okay well what changed yeah yeah
1: I just, well I mean she's allowed to change her mind so you no, know and I'm
0: not saying that but I feel like we went from the last time we literally heard anything about Michaela, it was like them you know having that big disagreement or whatever and then now all of a sudden she you know it, it just feels weird because we haven't heard anything about it yeah yeah
1: I hear you I hear you so um, Adam and Jay are trying to finish their bust when this gray truck pulls up and shoots and kills the two other people who are selling for fuck's sake can we stop shooting things at Jay Halstead
0: I know I know. And Ruzik now. And Ruzik.
1: Just any member of intelligence. Stop shooting things at them. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Mm -hmm. We were like two minutes in and I was like, oh God, not okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no. So back at the bullpen, they really don't have much to go off of, but there were some texts that they got off the Becerra brothers' phones and they learned that someone was threatening to kill them if they didn't get out of the meth game. So... They can't trace the phone, but they can trace it to Garfield Park, which uh, makes Adam think of his one of his best CIs. He's got a CI named Tommy Lane. Um, and he's a meth guy in that area. I got the impression that Tommy was like a, an old friend from Canaryville, not just a CI. I
0: don't know. Hmm. Like just the way that Ruzik was with him. I don't know. I definitely got the impression that they were close, but I don't know if I got the impression that he's from Canaryville. I don't know. I just got the impression that they went back
1: or something, but, um, so the Berzik's go pay Tommy a visit and Ruzik basically offers him $5,000 and a sealed record to help them out. And Tommy agrees. Um, but I mean, what we get from that, so Tommy's married, Tommy's got a kid. Um, is he clean? I can't remember if they gave us that detail. Mm -hmm. He's completely clean at that point yeah okay so this raises a really interesting like discussion because tommy's clean he's out of the game and here comes the police department being like hey we'll give you five thousand dollars in a sealed record if you put your sobriety and your life at risk Is but it that's worth not it? the point
0: that's not what they're asking him to do they're asking him to set up you know like help them like get introductions and stuff they're not asking Mm -hmm. him to like start using and stuff yeah that just kind of happens it just kind of happens because the guy ends up offering it and it's ultimately tommy's fault that he you know can't stay strong
1: okay so so tommy calls logan logan's like the head honcho um calls him ahead of time gives him a heads up on the situation which ruzik did not know about um and so logan's like yeah there's a new supplier in town his name's monahan logan agrees to get them in touch with monahan and so intelligence is talking to tommy and they're like what the fuck why did you change the story and he's like super chill he's like guys like we got the meat what are you doing like why are we so upset about this but i feel like tommy might be one of the best ci's we've seen in a while
0: oh yeah for sure we haven't really seen that many ci's in a while
1: he's a very like well-rounded character
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah and the stuff that wolf entertainment was putting out like in the middle of the episode about like the behind the scenes and stuff just about the guy who played tommy i was like cool very cool like there's a scene that uh he does in the pickup truck with ruzik and apparently the actor who plays him he like stayed in there for like four hours to like stay in character
0: yeah i saw that too
1: yeah i like it very cool um so yeah so logan's like yeah i'll get you guys in touch um but Rugan or Rugan, i almost mixed like logan and ruzik I- never mind um so ruzik threatens not to hold up the end of the bargain if tommy can't stay clean so but didn't he taste the product like in that meat or was that another meat
0: no in that one that's what i'm saying that's what he's saying is because like he did it in that first initial meeting and they're like oh well i thought you said you were clean and he's like i was 20 minutes ago Okay. But
1: also like sobriety from what, from what I understand, I have no personal experience with this at all, but from what I understand, it's a very fragile thing that like, it takes a lot of work day to day to maintain. And so I still just, I have a little bit of a problem with intelligence roping him back into this and just being like, Hey, we realize that, you know, you're putting your awesome life that you've now curated at risk, but we really need this.
0: I mean I guess I, I understand what your point is and like yeah I do agree with that too but like that's how all these CIs are. I feel yeah. like I feel like every CI they've ever had is like somewhat like this.
1: We've seen we've seen it before too. I just I remember the episode when um the hit was out on Jay and the, the guy they roped in to help him was like the when they kidnapped his son. Like they he was all out of the life and they just pulled him right back in and then he got himself in trouble. Mm-hmm so uh, okay so um back in the bullpen they find this monahan guy he's a heavy hitter a lot of murders back in indiana he's a great guy um but voight also talks to ruzik about the trouble that they ran into with tommy and you know he's just like bring him in keep him in the box until the meeting like i I guess which is the box being like not the cage but like an interrogation room yeah okay so ruzik goes to get tommy and his wife hasn't seen him but they find him in some random parking lot and he's like selling shoes to a guy out of his truck. I don't know. Adam's pissed. Adam's like, where the fuck did you go? Like, you can't be ducking me like this. Kim calms him down with her hand. Just a move of the hand. They're so married. Legitimately. They're so married. Like, no matter how much Kim wants to deny it and like push him away, they are so married.
0: Although she's not really opposed to pushing him away anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah
1: um okay so <laughs> I did laugh that we got a we got a tweet from a listener named Carly and she she called it up and I quote whole wife move which that made me laugh quite a bit I was like okay that's that's pretty funny that's mm-hmm. pretty good yeah so they get Tommy back to the district Boyd asks him he asks Adam and Kim straight up he's like can we catch Monaghan by using Tommy and it's like a split answer Ruzik like at the same time Ruzik says yes Kim says no so Burgess is like, I'm not saying we surrender. I'm just saying that if we cut Tommy loose and find another way to get Monaghan. And Ruzik's like, I get it, I do. It's just that you don't know this guy like I do. And okay, so here's kind of confirmation because he goes, I get that you guys go way back. He's put in good work for you, your friends, but this guy's a mess. He's a storm of bad news. So does way back mean like intelligence way back or does way back mean like Canaryville way back?
0: I think intelligence way back.
1: And I forget that Adam can be considered way back in intelligence now
0: yeah i mean yeah it's
1: crazy i feel very old yeah very old so
0: brian take it away so upton interrupts this big conversation they're having in the hallway and says like okay we got another call about a double play connected to monhan so they go check it out whatever and like while they're on that scene ruzik asks wait to like keep tommy around he even says "He's like he's the best ci i've ever had Avoid ultimately agrees really just because i don't have any other options and he even tells ruzik as much but he you know it's also just like we gotta be careful Mm. so ruzik and tommy go to meet logan again so basically they can prove themselves and he'll set them up to meet with monahan and tommy's being like a crabby apple because he's like slowly coming down on his high and logan offers him more meth which tommy ultimately doesn't take um But he also tries to get Ruzik to take some and even, like, ends up pulling a gun on Ruzik. And Ruzik ends up taking this Logan guy down.
1: Can we please talk about Lumberjack Adam for a minute? And how, like, this whole episode he looked like- Paul Bunyan. Yeah, Paul Bunyan. Jay even says it.
0: Yeah. And he's just like, that's the look I was going for. I'm not even mad. Not mad. No. 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 Um, So Voight calls in Ruzik to his office after he takes down Logan. Um, and apparently, an, the owner of the liquor store in the corner caught Rizik on film taking Logan down.
1: Police brutality are the words being tossed around. You got be kidding became. I pinned the guys, carotid. I do the exact same thing next time. Boss, I know the new rules. I know the limitations when we're out there. But if I say that my life was in danger, which it was, I mean, we're good. I'm telling you, boss, no, this was a violent situation.
0: Adam, I didn't do anything wrong. I know you didn't do anything wrong. It's just not the math anymore. You understand? Bro, in this new world order, what matters is that some jerk is shopping around the perception
1: that you did something wrong.
0: That alone is enough to ruin your career. You understand? How did this guy even know that Ruzik was a cop? I don't know. Hmm. Well, probably when he ends up getting arrested oh duh you know he sees that Logan get arrested um I think this is an interesting I I thought that was interesting
1: yeah I did too it's it's an interesting conversation that has to be had but I feel like it it lands differently on Ruzik than it does with Boyd wait say that again Okay. Like this, it, it's a necessary conversation to have. We have to bring police brutality into it. Of course. Like, well, we yeah, of course. absolutely have to have this conversation, but I feel like it's more impactful when we bring it up to a character like Ruzik or like Jay or Kevin than it is when we, we bring it up to Voight. If we bring up police brutality to Voight, it's almost like, he's like, whatever, like I did what I did. Okay. Move on. You know, if you want to call police brutality, do what you want, but this is how I get the job done. That's how I've always gotten the job done. Whereas when Hank says this to Adam, it lands differently and it gets in his head.
0: Yeah, I do think my problem with it, though, is that at least in this particular conversation, it changes a little bit by the end. But in this particular conversation, it's so much about the perception and the fact that it's going to ruin your career, which like, I get because obviously we care about Ruzik and we don't want to see his career being ruined, especially because we know the context of the way his situation with logan went down and we mm-hmm. know that obviously adam was in the right that was you know the right move but the thing that i don't like it just it just makes it seem like yeah like i know you didn't do anything wrong but like we have to care about our perception like we don't actually care about it because like we're doing what's right we care about it because we care what other people think of us you know what i'm saying but i, I feel it like just, it just seems a little disingenuous to me.
1: yeah and i feel it's a little pot kettle of void because i feel like he doesn't practice what he preaches right yeah it's weird like it It just makes
0: it seem like oh we have to be careful about police brutality only because we don't want to be labeled as that like not actually because we care about the actions that we're doing and like don't want to harm people
1: when has Hank Voight ever given a shit about public perception
0: and that's the way I got it from this conversation obviously that end conversation is a little different but like I don't know Mm -hmm. it did rub me a little bit the wrong way no same same but anyway, so Ruzik goes to question Logan, who, you know, has been brought in, but Logan's not going to flip on Monahan or anything. Um, but Ruzik offers Monahan this or offers Logan this deal. He's like, if you just give me the, you know, digits to your phone so I can get in and I like, can set up a buy with Monahan, like I'll help you get a good deal. I promise. So we end up seeing that Ruzik does get into Logan's phone and sets up the buy with Monahan, but Burgess. Confronts him. Adam. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: Setting up the buy with Monahan, posing as Logan teague, just like we learned in UC school. You give Logan a slap on the wrist. The first thing that he does when he gets out, he pops Tommy. No, that's not gonna happen. It is gonna happen. No, look, I'm gonna hold Logan for 24 hours and I'll send him downstate. By the time he gets out, he's looking for Tommy. What are you he's talking gonna have to about? search in nursing homes. You can bend the truth in there, Adam, but I heard you give that man your word. Have... You promised. Look, hold himself. on, hold on. You he promised. pulled a gun on a cop. All right? I mean. Like he said, game over. Good Lord. If this is too messy for you, look away, please, because I will sleep fine tonight.
0: Oh, man. I didn't like this one bit. This was this was a lot.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, a friend of the pod, Emily Longoretta from Us Weekly, she tweeted out like per- the perfect response to this. And she was like, Adam just forgot who he was talking to.
0: Yeah, I when he even like throws in her face at the end, he's like, if this is too messy for you, like, look away because I will sleep fine at night. I was like, oh, that's mm, I was like, ugh. that's the kind of shit that's
1: going to push her away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Somebody talks to me like that. I'm going to be like, excuse <laughs> you. Like, mm-hmm.
0: think again. Except at least, like, I'm thinking about this in the context of that stellaride scene we got last week, at least then when Stella, or when Severides, like, this attitude of yours, and then, like, it followed up with a bunch of, like, lovely things, like, Mm -hmm. at least that happened that way. This was like, yeah, no, and it was, like, the same kind of thing, but, like, it didn't end well.
1: He can't, he can't be lashing out like that, like, cannot.
0: He's just, the thing that also kind of drove me insane was that, like, he was just so focused on taking this guy down that, like, he didn't really care that he wasn't doing his job the right way. Yeah, he was
1: very, like, one-track mind about it. I feel like Will Halstead almost, like, possessed him this episode and was, like, making all of his decisions. Because, yeah, we we rarely ever see Adam like this. mm hmm
0: and so Ruzik gets the buy set up for three PM, and he says he's going to bring Tommy with him. And Kim's like, "Yeah, no, that's a bad idea." And he's like, "No, I swear it's not. It'll be okay. It'll be okay." Um, which again, he's just not listening. He's so focused on like, "Okay, we're going to do this thing. I'm going to help." I think he was trying to help Tommy, but it like, it's just it was not the way to do anything. It's mm-hmm. not. It was not. So Rusik goes to Tommy's house and finds him in like bad, 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 bad shape. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in the state, Tommy's still cracking jokes at Ruzik, so we're like, okay, he's, like, bad, but at least, you know, he's still got a little sense of his humor there. Um, but he's like, I'm not going to make it, though, like, and Ruzik just, like, refuses to hear that. So Ruzik ends up taking Tommy to, like, a place on the street to go buy meth. This, this moment. This
1: and moment. And, like,
0: Ruzik even gives him the money to do so. That's honestly the part that I was like, okay, if you took your friend there and that's the decision he wants to make, yeah, I still have a really big problem with that, but like, okay, fine. But then Rusik's like, yeah, here. and I'm just like, oh, my God. I mean,
1: did he not learn from the last time when he went to jail for Antonio or like, you know, the whole thing with uh, what's his face? Um, McKelty, what's what's his character? Um, Uh Oh, Woods. That. mckelsey yeah. williams is his name right i'm
0: blanking William. yeah mckelsey yeah um yeah got tommy- in a lot of trouble for that mm-hmm. but tommy's just like it's all gonna be worth it in the end so Rusek and tommy do end up showing up to meet monahan and they're you know going through this thing monahan's guys are checking out all their money you know they're having just like a little chat now and monahan mentions potentially expanding his business but then Tommy, because Tommy is high on meth, because it's the only way that he was able to be able to get through this pie. Tommy goes off the rails and talks about some metaphor language about, uh, I don't even remember what. But anyway, they end up ultimately agreeing. They're like, yeah, we'll come back next week. We'll, you know, we're going we'll, to be partners. And then intelligence comes in. So Ruzik's like, Tommy, run. And Rusik starts going after Monaghan. But what ends up happening is Tommy ends up trying to tackle Monahan, which is just like such a bad idea. So Tommy's on the floor. Monahan pulls his gun on Tommy. Ruzik pulls the gun that he stole on Monaghan. But Ruzik hesitates because he sees on the other side of the fence that these construction guys are like filming him. And he's got uh, Voight's words in, in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Ruzik hesitates. Monahan shoots Tommy ruzik shoots monahan and does that pretty much Ugh. um and tommy just keeps saying you know like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um yeah for adam i know
1: I, i'm I, glad I, that they didn't tell us one way or the other though if tommy lived or
0: died yeah because like you can kind of make up your own mind as to whether you think he lived or died well, and plus throughout the entire episode, Twitter was like, "So he's gonna die, right?" I know. I was, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna die." <laughs> um, but then this last scene happens, and we're in the locker room. Ruzick's really upset with himself, and Voight comes in, and they have this little chat. And Ruzick even admits that, like, he hesitated to shoot.
1: Can't trust my instincts anymore,
0: and I think I had a lawful shoot out there. You did. I know.
1: I know, yet I hesitated and I didn't pull the trigger until after he shot my friend. They're taking all these new rules they are writing in here, taking them into the chaos
0: out there. It's not going to be easy. Not when you got, what,
1: half a second to decide whether to take one guy's life in order to save another. Tell you one thing, right? Right is still right, Adam.
0: I think we're all gonna be groping around in the dark for a while yeah you know at least we'll be doing it together i think this is interesting
1: yeah very much so
0: i just it kind of goes back to what you were saying like when voight says some things it means a lot less than when it comes from other people
1: yeah when like adam or not adam hank preaching about you know these new rules and all these new guidelines they have to abide by it doesn't it means nothing to me it just he's just blowing
0: smoke and the thing that kind of bugged me is that like he's like yeah right he's like i mean right is still right and I mean, yes, I guess technically that is true. Like what is right is still right. But like Voight's definition of right and my definition of right are very different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. This whole scene I thought was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. It is a necessary
1: conversation. I just, there, there are a couple, there are a lot of aspects of this episode that I was like, I did not sit right with me. Not in a bad way. Um, you know, just, just, just talking about the tough topics.
0: Well, okay, two things I think why. Yes, I agree that this conversation is necessary. I think the other problem why this stuff doesn't land as well as I think maybe it could is because Voight's talking to many Voight.
1: Mm-hmm. Remember,
0: Ruzick is like the closest out of anyone to in-, in intelligence to Voight because he's learned from Voight through every step of his career. Yeah, Voight- and we had all this stuff. I mean, we had all this stuff with Antonio and all the mm-hmm. stuff that we've seen of Ruzick learning from Void and really like adopting Void's methods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the fact that, you know, Vo- Void's telling Adam, like, you know, we're running point on a whole new thing. You know, it's not going to be easy. Um, I just, I don't know. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. And
1: and that's an interesting point you bring up about Ruzik being mini Void. It's like, you know, Void created a monster.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it is important to note, too, that, like, we talked about this a little bit earlier, in the context of the police brutality conversation and, like, Adam's specific moment from earlier on, like, I, do you consider that? I mean, like, I think Adam was in the right in that moment. In this episode? Yeah, in that mo, in the specific moment where he put. Uh, yeah, I, I think he had to shoot. I mean, you know. No, um... I'm not talking about that moment. I'm talking about the moment before. Where he tackles the guy and like puts him in the headlock.
1: Oh, when he gets accused of police brutality.
0: Um I mean, I because the guy had a gun on him at that moment and music didn't have a gun. Yeah, I mean I mean, could you say did he need to go full like chokehold? I maybe I guess not, but like I don't know, it's hard to say. I've never been in that situation. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a gray area. This whole thing is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hard conversation. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you guys had lots of thoughts about this one. Yes. Yes. Um, Catherine said, "All I have to say is Patty deserves all the awards for this performance. Honestly, something I will always criticize PD for are the bubble episodes thing. But this week, I did not care at all. We literally got to see all of Adam's emotions. We got to see his connection with Kim at another level." Um, We got to see him doubt himself and his process of change and evolution when it comes to policing. Well, the start of it, but still, I feel like he's about to break down from all the trauma he's experienced since Al's death, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, going to prison, almost losing his badge, the death, the miscarriage, the thing with CI, and it's not gonna be pretty, but if it means more Patty screen time, I'm all in. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Casey said, definitely not a fan of having two case-only episodes back-to-back. However, Patty was amazing as always. I just wish we got more continuity on PD and storylines didn't just vanish. Is Upstead still a thing? What happened to Haley's dad? Where's Rojas? What about the Atwater storyline from 801 and 802? Yes. Um, Nicole R.E. Parker's character. I wish PD was able to balance several storylines like Fire and Med, but I'm not sure we'll ever get there with PD being a procedural.
0: Yeah, true story. Yeah.
1: I do notice it
0: too though it is really like it's my biggest criticism of the show too the lack of Atwater is um, not okay Yeah, and the lack of no Rojas comment even if you just said Rojas moved to California okay cool that's all I need to know at least tell us where she went right that's all I'm saying it just needs to be one line yeah don't erase her right anyway do you remember
1: in season two of West Wing if they explained where Mandy went season one well, uh, season two, because she left at the end of season one.
0: No, she left before that. Did she? hmm.
1: Did they ever explain where she went? Do you remember?
0: Not really. Okay. Um, Megan said the Tommy thing is bringing me back to the Nadia days. Michael Dreyer is playing this role so well. Why is it that all the good CIs end up leaving town or dead? Um, she also said, while I do not like seeing guns pointed at any of our beloved intelligence officers, Voight was right when he was calling out Adam. I'm glad Adam realized what he did was wrong and own up to his mistake. Hank is rocking these hearts to heart this season. Yeah.
1: Sierra said, I tried really hard to like this episode because of Patty. However, this episode wasn't really what I was expecting and I kind of felt let down. I appreciate that they incorporated the police brutality storyline into this episode, but other than that, I didn't like it. I wish PD could find a balance of personal life in cases. They seem to have a hard time doing that. Not the first person we've heard that from. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, and she said like a lot of the many other things I read on Twitter did the writers just forget about Upstead because we haven't really got much info on their relationship mm-hmm. since 804 to get all the fans invested in a relationship that has taken so long to become canon and then just not really follow up seems kind of odd I get that we don't have the romantic stuff each episode but at least let the get uh, let them speak to each other for sure and that I mean if it's any comfort which is probably not I, I always take it as like no news is good news
0: I guess but it was like I don't know no I say I see see why everyone's frustrated no I I, I find it frustrating too yeah yeah. um Zach said, I find it awfully peculiar that Voight's getting on Ruzik's case about his handling of a suspect off the security camera from the liquor store. When We've seen Voight do even more fucked up shit than that. Mm-hmm. At least in Ruzik's case, I understand. He was being pressured to smoke crystal meth and did what he had to do to get himself out of that situation and preserve the case. But I will say that the moment with Voight and Ruzik in the locker room shows mm-hmm. that they are both having a tough time navigating the new way of policing. And a time in which their old ways and methods of doing things aren't cutting anymore. A great bonding moment between them without a doubt.
1: I feel see but I I feel like Adam's the one who's having the hard time I
0: don't think Hank's having that hard of a time I think Hank is just sticking to his old ways I think Voight realizes that it's different than what Mm -hmm. he's used to and he has a little more more eyes on him watching Mm -hmm. like more eyes watching him and Mm -hmm. his every move but yeah I don't think Voight's struggling with it as much I'd say as Ruzik is yeah yeah um, Ali said Uncle
1: Kevin had a play date with Michaela and we didn't see it right 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 um, that had better be a deleted scene and if it is they better release it ASAP if it isn't somebody please write a fanfic did we write this DM I know seriously I feel like Ali's email this whole time has been like yes did I say that right um she said also kevin's really out here speaking for all of us when he asked kim if she's thought about possibly involving adam i'm sure he'd be there in a heartbeat if she asked she's just too stubborn to admit that she needs him versus still acting like an old married couple and someone really needs to lock them in a closet and force them to talk shit out unfortunately i think the only way kim is going to realize what she wants is if she has to face the serious possibility of losing adam because she's been so comfortable in knowing he'll always be there i've brought this up before too that the only way that kim was going to realize how much adam means to her is if
0: adam gets hurt hmm i don't I like this it is, this is close enough yeah yeah i don't like it but like it has to he happen he got hurt emotionally he got hurt emotionally so yeah yeah um yeah and then she also kind of said something similar about the fact that like pd's having some serious issues with continuity this season mm-hmm. um you know she even said like the last two episodes have been so dense they could have easily cut out some scenes to incorporate more personal without losing the overall purpose of the storyline they're still solid episodes i just wish we got more character development outside of case's this is the main reason why I haven't kept up with FBI, mm-hmm. like
1: straight up. And, and and I loved season one. I did, but it took a lot of effort,
0: mm-hmm. a lot of effort. So, yeah. Take us to Haley. Haley said, I thought it was kind of refreshing to see Rusa Gillip Burgess. We never have <laughs> your face <laughs> We have never seen him do that ever. He can usually keep his cool, so it was a nice change of pace to see him start to unleash on her a little bit when it's usually the other way around. I think she knew him well enough to know that it wasn't directed at her. He was just trying to work through whatever emotions he was feeling, and she's the closest to him, so he took it out on her. Mm-hmm. Kind of parallel to Jay yelling at Haley when his dad died. I also loved how she was worried for him as the episode went on. And that it came to a head during this exchange. She didn't seem angry. She just seemed like she was concerned that he was getting in too deep. But what they have isn't real. So what do I know?
1: <laughs> right? It's not real. So no, we just shouldn't even talk about Berzik because it's not real, remember? Yeah, what is Berzik? Our Berzik episode is going to be like five minutes of us just being like, well, we were going to talk about Berzik, but it's not real. So the anyway, end. the end. Yeah, um, Yeah. I do love that. I just I, I didn't find it refreshing when he yelled at her. I just kind of wanted to smack him. I'd say different, not refreshing. Eh, Just, you know, just, 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 no, it's okay. Okay. So Samantha said, my heart hurt for Adam this episode. He's clearly struggling with how to handle things because of the police reform. And he feels like he can't trust his instincts anymore. Just wanted to give Adam a hug and tell him that everything's going to be okay. Also, I hope that the guilt he feels over Tommy's death isn't going to cause him to spiral. We don't know that Tommy
0: died. We don't know that. We don't, but. Regardless, Adam feels guilty about the whole situation. Oh, absolutely, and I—I I so. think I—I I don't want to say like, and he
1: should, but it's like,
0: kind of warranted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And she also said all the version content. This episode was amazing. The fact that she was able to calm him down with just emotion, green soulmates. However, they got into a lot of disagreements. Episode two. So I'm curious to see what their relationship is going to look like moving forward. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a heavy one. Hmm. But good mm-hmm yeah I had a moment there when he was like standing and like he uh, maybe not with the long gun but there was a, probably right after Jay Colton and Paul Bunyan that I was like this is like this is like the Justin Timberlake Chicago PD like mashup of my dreams I, I got a little laugh out of that but also because man of the woods he was like oh. he, wore, he wore plaid the whole time but
0: I got you now I got you
1: but also like don't throw tomatoes at me for referencing Justin Timberlake I know he's on everybody's shit list right now I know I got you but still yeah yeah I have expected like Ruzik to like he so he at one point I was like yeah he kind of reminds me of Justin Timberlake at one point I was just kind of like he kind of looks like Nathan Fillion does in The Rookie when he's like not in his police uniform when he's like walking around in like plaid shirts I guess but uh, but Ruzik's like a far better character and far better looking she said what she said not a lie so anyway any other notes on pd no so yeah that's about all we've got for this week um you guys know where to find us as always facebook twitter instagram tumblr meet us at molly's it's me us not Molly's right across the board really um make sure you check out our tea public store we've got new designs that have gone up today um we have someone who is helping us design shirts in merch now um, she is at Shay's Upstead on Twitter, so Shay, like Leslie Shay, Shay S Upstead on Twitter. Um, she's fantastic. So there's two Breitzi designs that are new that you could look at today, and then there's also some updated Squad Goal shirts. Um, the
0: lettering is now in white, so those dark colors can pop. And the Fire shirt has just been updated to include Gianna Mackey. So.
1: Yes, yes. So please make sure you check out our t store. There's cool stuff going on there um next week the shows are on hiatus so we will be taking off however if you are a patron you will hear from us because we will be recording a bonus episode yes Yes. should we tell everybody the bonus episode no i
0: think we'll save it okay we'll save it we'll save it
1: so yeah if you'd like to know more about that or if you'd like to become a patron and support the podcast for as little as two dollars a month please check out our socials our link to our patreon is there and you can see all the cool stuff that you can
0: get um yeah what were you gonna say Yeah, no, I was just going to say. So the next time you guys will hear us, though, is March 5th, March 5th. Yes, 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 yes. So uh,
1: if you like the show, which we really hope you do, please feel free to leave us a reading and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at BrynaK13. So like Bryna said, you will hear from us on March 5th, unless you are a patron, in which case you will hear from us next week. In the meantime, everybody stay stay safe, stay warm, especially my fellow Texans out there. Uh, Yeah, and we will see you then. Bye.